Hello, listeners. Thank you so much for being with us. It's time for your favorite podcast. We hope it's your favorite anyway. <laughs> Bridging the Digital Divide. I'm Lisa Kapala, and the other voice you're about to hear is Brad McKenna. Hello, Brad. Hello. Welcome back. Thank you. Episode 9. What's that? Episode 9. Is it 9? Yeah. Wow. Wow. That's a That's lot great. of talking. We're going to bring <laughs> some other voices in soon. The next episode, we hope to have some guest voices that will tell you about their experiences with technology because, as you know, this program is about helping all of us navigate the complicated world of technology, which is becoming ever more complicated okay, every guess. day. Yeah. Yes. So today's topic is going to be fall cleanup. You know, uh, summer is over. Sorry to say, we all know it. And that's the time when you kind of start looking around at your house and your car and thinking, boy, it's really time to do some maintenance. So we thought we might kind of parlay that and talk about fall cleanup for your PCs and your phones. So, Brad, how often do you clean your computer? For real? <laughs> for real? Like, never. Really? I, yeah, I don't. It's Because I don't have, like, a computer, and that's really what it is. So I, like, I have a, a laptop, a test a test PC or a normal PC. I have like so many at work. I have so many different PCs, and at home we actually went to a Chromebook, and so there's basically no hard drive on that. So there's less cleanup that's needed, mm. um, and everything uses the my Google Cloud account. So there's, there's really it's much much simpler. Um, you can't do as much, but right. there's less to clean. Okay. So, yeah. With the Google Chrome, I, so you're trusting them to do the maintenance then? Is that what I'm There's hearing? nothing local. So there's there's like 15, the 15 gig flash storage, which is just a fancy way of saying a small storage. The mm -hmm. hardware is a little different. So like you can't download anything on it. So all of your, you, you only have like the Chrome browser. So it's a Chromebook running the Chrome operating system right. with the Chrome browser. And so everything I do is online. It's out in the cloud. So it all goes to the cloud. And and can you explain one more time what the cloud is? Because yeah. we hear it all the time. And I think originally we thought it belonged to Amazon because they were the ones who kind of... Um, <laughs> Great the No, we, we the, the, un, the underlings, Brad, you know, thought <laughs> that the cloud belonged to Amazon. But actually the cloud is an umbrella term. So let's go over right. what that is. Yeah, so, so the cloud is basically remote storage or remote uh, access to, like, your email. Your email uses cloud technology. None, none of the emails that you're looking at are actually locally stored on whatever device you you have it's out on like my Google my Gmail account is out on the Google cloud storage area okay. uh, file storage cloud file storage has become very very popular and that's what I was talking about where I don't have anything local all my files are stored out on the cloud okay so then let me ask the obvious question would you recommend to folks then uh, you know I'm not, I'm not saying you have <laughs> to endorse but would you recommend to folks then to uh, to not have to do the cleanup to do what you did and go to a, a book so yeah, so I mean that's sort of like the first thing I touch upon. I want to touch upon here is that like if you the cloud storage just is making some things so much easier, and uh, Google has cloud storage, and if you have a Hotmail or a Live or an Outlook ID, that's Microsoft, and that if you have that email, you also get cloud storage. So it's becoming so easier to make use of cloud storage as a backup of your files that there's no reason not to use it because it's secured by the same password and security measures that you use to get into your email. Everything's attached right there. So it's, it's, it's easier to do it that way because especially on your phone, mm -hmm. if you have an iPhone, uh, once you sign in with your Apple ID, all of your pictures are being backed up to your iCloud account. With the Android phone, everything's being backed up to your Google, Google Drive. So like with a phone, 
when you're talking about backups, you, you don't have to do it as long as you have the settings turned on to automatically back up your, your pictures or your videos. Okay. But that implies a great amount of trust yes. on the part of the user. You're shaking your head. Yes. You knew I was going to go there because <laughs> you know I'm a little nervous about the Big Brother thing. Uh, yeah. um, yes, it's nice that this cloud thing exists, but yeah. who holds the keys to the cloud? Sure. I mean, you do. It's the you privacy know. factor, right? So, like, you don't have you you don't have a fi- uh, like well, a, phys- a physical copy as much sure. as you can have a digital file be physical uh, on your computer. Everything you're right. trusting Google to safeguard everything, um, and they're they're better at it than like the regular user because their reputation's on the line. So if they get hacked, I mean, reputation's everything in the tech industry. If if they lose people's data, people are gonna go away from them, and that's it for them. Um, so they have everything stored on the cloud servers, and the cloud servers have their own backups system. So there's multiple data centers around the globe that your stuff is stored on. In okay. case one of those data centers go down, you just seamlessly get rerouted to another one, and all your stuff is there. And you never know. No, never, yeah. It could be happening right yeah. now, and yeah. we don't know, <laughs> sure. because the server is going to bump it to somewhere else that's yeah. more safe. So I guess they have redundancy. Exactly. Backup yep. upon backup upon backup. still frightens me, though, sure. because I do picture I picture an actual physical cloud with all these servers <laughs> in it. You know, and I just think someday if that goes down, we're going to be in big trouble. Look what happened to Equifax. Yes. yes. So, and they're I mean, supposed to be unhackable. Yeah, These are the nothing's big, unhackable. The big guys. So that's kind of scary. It is. It's the easiest way to do it. So I recommend really making use of cloud technologies. Okay. However, I think you're, exact, you're absolutely right about uh, privacy and security. And so what you may want to do is have like your own backup copy. So that way you can just buy an external hard drive that connects to the USB drive, your USB port. And you can get, I think, a terabyte of space, which you would never use unless you have like hundreds of thousands of pictures. Right. Um, and you can back up everything to that. So create your own redundancy. Have Google... Right. Or Apple or whomever sure. you have have the like the the first copy and then create your own copy of it. Right, that's yeah. what I do. And yeah. you know what's nice about that? And and not to sound maudlin, but if there's ever an emergency, like we just had some serious weather in this country and a mm-hmm. lot of places. You just take the hard drive and you've got all your photos, mm-hmm. you've got all your documents, you've got everything. So for safety's yep. sake, if you're planning on you know setting up in, in case something goes wrong and we ever need to evacuate, I thought of that right yeah. away. All my documents, all my family <laughs> pictures, everything yeah. is stored on an external hard drive. Yeah. And, and so. you can get to it without the Internet. Right. right. So there are sometimes when the internet's down, and if you only if you rely solely on cloud storage, you won't be able to get to it. So it's a good idea to keep everything. And I think that. So I guess one more thing I'll say about like backuping is there. When Windows has a Windows backup utility, which backs up like the registry and the configuration files, which means that it'll have all your applications and all your settings and stuff like that. And for for a long time, that was kind of the recommended way to back up. Run the backup utility will basically create a duplicate copy of your computer, not just the important files. However, it's not really needed anymore because of cloud storage and because really all your all you need is your personal files. So if you go through your computer to get all your pictures, your videos, your MP3s, your documents, and those are the things that you can't replace. If you lose an app, if you lose Chrome, if you lose your 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 browser, just reinstall it. Right. If you lose that picture of your eighth birthday, you're, you're out of luck. Right. So the trouble. important part is the personalization of the information, not okay. the, the application. And so maybe viewing it in your mind as the consumer, viewing it as okay, things that I can physically, tangibly touch, mm. like a picture. 
picture yeah. or a document if you could print it. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that you want to back up it to yeah. a safe location. But all of the actual operating system yeah. can be reinstalled. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to get if you lose your computer and you've backed up all your personal stuff, you'll be fine because you have your important things. But it'll take you will take you a little while to get back up and running to right. reinstall everything to run, install all of the security updates. Yes, and unfortunately things change too. So now yes. it won't be the same button or right. the same way you used to do it. It'll be all different, which right. will be really fun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, what about having your computer, I like to say, set it and forget it? Because I know here at WCTV, we are IT guys. They kind of just set the computer to run these processes of backup and yeah. scanning and all that on its own. Yeah. So if you buy a computer, what's the first thing you want to do as far as setting up your computer to do that? Or should we just mark on our calendar, it's quarterly, we want to make sure we clean it up? Yeah, think? I, I think that it really makes more sense to do it manually. Like have, really? have yourself, because you don't need everything that is backing up. Because like we were talking about, you don't really need those configuration files because that's going to take like exponentially longer to back up everything. You can certainly, if you if you want to have it automated, you can certainly just go into the control panel if you have Windows and go to the Windows backup utility and get a either DVD or a USB stick and schedule a nightly backup to do that. You can you can do that. Um, and it's not a bad idea. I just I just I don't want to give recommendations that I don't take advantage okay. of. So my experience is it's just easier to, like today actually I have a reminder on my Google Calendar to back up the library's website. That means the database and the files. And it's running at my on my desk now because I, I have a reminder to do it manually because you can kind of Reminds you can tailor you it, I would guess, yeah, to, to, yeah. to, you know, you know certain things you don't yeah. need. It's easier to clean it up if yeah. you do it as you go rather than, you know, yeah, and yes. it, it, right, and you can use it as a cleanup too. So if you, maybe you don't want to back up everything, maybe you want to clean some stuff out. You have like seventeen copies of like the same picture, but you know it's a little different angle, and and it's fun to go through things like that sometimes. So, That's true. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I can tell you, I'm getting less and less scared of technology <laughs> because of you. So thank you for that. <laughs> yeah, same thing with our computer, with the phone. How does that work as far as yeah. s- setting up backup or schedule? You don't really. It's need automated. To with the phones, everything right? is automated. So okay. like when you sign in, when you Apple or Google. When you sign into it, you have to have an ID, and once that ID is there, it automatically backs it, backs everything up. So if if you need to, you need to just go into like for the iPhone, you go into the settings menu and you look for the iCloud option in the settings menu, and then you'll see what is being backed up automatically. With the iCloud, you only get five gigs free, and I've seen a lot of people run out of storage space if they're using their iPhone. Yeah, for I was like going to ask you about that. Why is the cloud free? I shouldn't say that too loud <laughs> because I know that means. They will yeah. hear us and start charging us, but it seems funny to me that all this storage is is storage. built into the price of the things that we already buy. It must be. Yeah, storage is cheap now, really. Yeah. It, so that's why. So, but it's not. Te- it's not. The first one is free. So like iCloud uh-huh. will give you the five gigs free, but you have to pay for anything over than that. And I see a lot of people, You it costs you like a dollar a month to get 50 gigs. Oh, that's pretty So, cool. I mean, it, it's cheap every month. It'll add up after a while. But I see, especially with people with the iPhones, they take so many pictures um, that they th- five gigs is not very much for pictures. And so they pay for that. They pay, okay. for the, they pay for the extra storage or they get an external hard drive and download all of the files from the iCloud onto the external hard drive, free up that five gigs and do it again. Okay. What about everybody's favorite lost phone contacts? Huh. So that is actually something that uh, it's in the settings there. So when you're doing the iCloud or the Google, um, the, the, so the Google's a little different. It's settings, accounts, and then Google. And then once you're in that spot, it's showing you what it's backing up. And for the longest time, they were forcing you to like do a backup of your phone onto their servers. Like if you had Verizon, oh. you would back it up. 
Oh. Now everything's getting automated. So contacts is one of the things that's automatically backed up. That's good because I know you can bring the phone to the store and mm-hmm. they can, you know, reconnect it. But I was writing them down myself manually for years, yeah. just keeping a separate <laughs> list of yeah. phone numbers because you do, you lose your contacts. So that can be backed up as well. So if you lose that, yep. you can go and Once you sign that. into the new phone with the same ID, it downloads all of it syncs. It syncs all of your contacts wow. that's up in the cloud. So it's it's a lot easier than it has been even like two years ago. Wow, so, that's awesome. Yeah. All right, so I think we've pretty much covered the cloud accounts, right? <laughs> um, what about scanning? Yeah, I see that yeah. a lot. And sometimes my computer will just nicely let me know it's scanning. <laughs> oh, that's nice. I really don't know what that means. What does it mean? So it's scanning for any kind of like tracking cookies, malware, uh, viruses, any any kind of things like that. Um, so it sometimes like the antivirus program will have a schedule. So every, like every morning at 3 a.m. it's going to scan. Um, but sometimes you don't have your computer on at the time, so it misses the scan depending on the program. I didn't know that. Yeah. I thought it actually turned itself on secretly and ran back. <laughs> no, for real, I really did. Sure, and it's it not a bad assumption either because, I mean, huh. it's coming. But I, uh, as far as I know right now, okay. most of the applications, ha- your computer has to be on in order for it to so kick the, off. I know that makes me sound so <laughs> no, educated. No. But that makes sense as to why yeah. you turn the computer on, why it will say you need to yeah. shut down and restart so mm-hmm. I can do that. I always thought, what? I thought you were supposed to do this at 3 a.m. I talked to my computer. <laughs> That's right. Time. I do too. <laughs> okay. Oh, so you can set it to run the scan. Yeah. But just make it, sure that you leave it. the computer on. So, I mean, it's okay. not a bad idea to leave the computer on overnight. Um, you don't have to do it every night. A, a weekly scan is usually good enough to, okay. uh, to, to schedule. So, like every Sunday night or something, leave it on and make sure that you go into the settings of whatever the antivirus program is and set it for, like, I guess that would be technically Monday morning at 3 a.m. Okay. And explain what cookies are again, just in case we're listening and we don't remember. That was in yeah. our vocab uh, episode, which is episode two, I think. You two, can check it yeah, out. So, wow. Yeah. Maybe ago. one or two. But. Uh, so a cookie is, like, is um, locally stored information for websites. So okay. like when you remember a password, that's a cookie. Um, so what it does is it speeds up browsing. So if you don't, if you go to a website on off often, it'll store bits and pieces of information of your browsing history or account locally, so it doesn't have to go to the server to pull down the information. Okay, so those are the yummy cookies that yeah. we like. Yes. But the bad yeah. cookies are the ones that track our yeah. history and help folks try to sell us stuff. Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah. Right? So I mean, within on a website as well, sometimes you'll get the warning: this website needs cookies and stuff like that. So it's uh, tra- it's tracking what you're doing so it can tailor the ads. As an aside, when it asks you at the top of the computer, such and such wants to know your location, uh, your location, allow yeah. or block, is that a cookie too? Uh, yeah, I've seen that. In, yeah, so it would be. So it would, it would, That happens a lot to me yeah. on my phone a lot too. It wants to know where I am so it can better tailor yeah. my needs. Well, no, right. I don't, yeah. I don't want I've, I've seen that coming up more and more like the last year, only the last year or so. Like every, t- every time you're on a site, no matter what site, it wants to know your location. Yeah. And I think that is the ads to make sure that it's giving you, it's not giving you like, you know, Tim Hortons and yeah. versus Dunkin' Donuts. Right. Right. Well, I mean, sometimes I ha- in the olden days, a site would come up and I'd say, oh, this looks like a great restaurant. And then you look and it's, at it's yeah. Colorado and it's like, well, that's really not useful to me right now. So in a way, sometimes yes. this stuff is good. Where do we find the scans to run them is the question I would ask you. Yeah. You purchase a computer, you bring it home. You need to. Well, so okay. you get a subscription to usually Norton or uh, McAfee. You'll get a monthly subscription, uh, a free month, and then you actually have to buy it. So I usually tell people to uninstall what it came with and install AVG, which is a free antivirus program okay. and then from there in the, what they call a system tray so the lower right hand corner where your time is there's sometimes there's like a little up arrow and those are hidden icons 
and you'll be able to see your antivirus program there. And so if you find, so with AVG, it's a multicolored like flag. I think it's mm-hmm. green, blue, yellow, something yep. like that. So you double click that icon, it brings up the interface. And then from there, you can that's where you would schedule it. Um, it so if you do have the scheduled, sometimes it's not doing a full system scan. It'll be like a quick system scan, meaning it doesn't scan the entire computer. It just scans the most recently, the most commonly used areas. And so for this fall cleanup thing, what I would recommend is going in there and running a full system scan, which would take a few hours, depending on how much okay. information you have. And if this all sounds really overwhelming to you, <laughs> which it does to me, yeah. you can go and visit Brad and yes. he will run through it with you or rewind what we just talked yes. about. And the, the steps would be to yep. open it up with the up arrow, you said? Yeah, it depends on your computer, okay. but it usually open it's near the, the time. Open up the area in settings where it has so that. This, uh, so that would be different. That would be okay. for the phone. But yeah, you could, te- you could go into like all apps and just find your antivirus program. Okay. But usually because it's an antivirus program, it's going to be running all the time and most of the time it's going to be in your, like your system tray. Okay. So that's what they call the area near the time. All right. And so then once Brad shows you where mm-hmm. your system tray is located, yeah. from there you can then yes. go ahead and set it to run yeah. the scans as frequently or infrequently yeah. as you like. Yeah. And it's always right. good because it's running so it's going to catch most of the things, but sometimes like a harmless tracking cookie get in there and it doesn't really going to, it's not going to do much, but if you get too many of them, it could have an issue. Well, and it slows down your performance yeah, for sure. too, for which sure. is, you know, the main thing yes. that we're all looking mm-hmm. for, right? All right. The next thing you have on the list is delete unused apps. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This I actually, when I was doing research for this, it's something that it didn't even occur to me, but it's like, it makes so much sense because how many times have you downloaded uh, some kind of like movie viewer or something like that just for that one show that was from that one website right. and then you never use it so it, it, it's taking up space with windows it bloats the registry so that just means that the registry is where all the configuration files are um, the configuration files are what tell the computer how to run right the or application the, the specific okay, the application app, yep app, okay. so it, it you so want if to you make do that, sure. it makes it harder for the brain right. to function. Yeah, and so it's you okay. just clear things out. So get yeah. rid of the clutter. Make room for some more oxygen in the brain of your computer. <laughs> I do want to mention, though, something that's really important in this note that you have here. You want to make sure you remove or uninstall it. See, now, this is the thing that I didn't realize for a long time. I was just deleting stuff uh, off the desktop yeah. and thinking, okay, mm-hmm. that must be magically sure. gone. Uh-uh. No. So let's talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so you're going to want to go into the control panel. So the control panel is going to have an add remove programs option, and there is where you click. You click what you want to install, uninstall, and there's up top there's going to be an uninstall button, and that's going to run through the uninstall program. When you do this, make sure that you give yourself enough time because depending on how big the app, it's going to take a, long, a lot longer yes. to uninstall. And depending on the app, you may need to reboot in order to cl- finish the uninstall. So make sure you're not doing anything else. Reboot means shutting down the computer yeah. and restarting, restarting it. And it. that gives the computer uh, time to adapt to the changes you've just made. Right. right. Yep. So it loads the computer without that n- that application, essentially. Okay. What if you go to uninstall something and it's got a bunch of other stuff attached yeah. to it? That happens to me where I go to... I've done this with my kids' computer at home. I've had to uninstall stuff and then it says it's got all these other things attached to it and I'm never sure whether I should uninstall all of those things because yeah. then I'm afraid when I go back in, maybe the keyboard won't work. So, <laughs> it's a valid how concern. do you speak to that? So I would say that if it's attached to things with the same name, so like antivirus, the AVG is a good one because you can install the AVG tune-up or the AVG watchdog or something like that. So okay. it's going to have multiple services. In that case, you want to clean everything else out. Sometimes you'd have like a, a dependency on Java or C++ or something like that, and you don't want to touch that stuff. Right. 
because those are shared by other applications. Right. Sometimes you'll get a warning saying that, like, are you sure you want to uninstall this? It's shared by applications. In that case, you might want to just leave it alone because it, it just depends on so many different factors. So I guess so I'm, for a cleanup, yeah. maybe eliminate the stuff that you're sure. And there is a date on there that tells you when mm-hmm. it was last used, yes. too, which is super helpful. Yes. Because so, you can say, do I use this all the time? Some stuff I don't <laughs> even know what is named. Right. So you can see when you open the uninstall how often you use it or when you last used it. And that gives you an idea. Well, if it's been four years since I've used this thing, I you might actually be don't able to it, uninstall right? it. You know? Yes, and, but I would definitely recommend before you do this, make sure that you've backed up all of your files because if you do accidentally uninstall something that the Apple rating system needs, you may need to recover your system. Right. And with kids' games, too, when you uninstall yeah. the kids' games, it doesn't, You like I guess when you remove it, you can't save that data of no. their game history, um, right? It depends really if it's a cloud-based app. Yeah. So it it it's so don't, so un- oh, don't uninstall <laughs> Minecraft on your no. kids until right. you're really sure they're done with it. Because yeah, that, that's one I know good. that uses Java. So if you if you are not installing Minecraft, it's gonna probably warn you about Java, but you don't uninstall the Java. Right. You leave the Java piece present yes. and you simply remove yeah. the Minecraft. Yeah. Okay. That was not too bad. No. All right, defragging. Yeah, this term has been around forever. I really don't know what it means. (laughs) In the olden days, it used to pop up on your screen with all these funky colors. And it looked like it was sort of maybe um, super gluing things back together is what it looked like. But what is defragging, really? Uh, So when you you use a file, when you uh, install a file, or when you use an application and you modify something. So like Word's a good example, right? So you have, you create a document and then you save that document and then you make changes and then you create other documents. What's happening is, is you're storing data on the hard drive but not necessarily in adjacent what they call sectors. So the information isn't physically right next to each other. And okay. so what the defrag does is rearranges all that information to put the files for each of the applications next to each other. Okay, how do the files get fragged yeah. if you're defragging <laughs> them to begin with. How just, does that happen? Just because it's going to be, when you're saving files, it's just going to be using whatever space is available. And so oh, okay. it, it's going to go to the next unwritten sector. And so, so if you're switching between applications or you don't use the application for a while, it's going to write data from other applications on the next adjacent sector that you last used. Okay. So why is that bad? Or why do we want to correct that? Because especially when you're talking about a hard a hard disk drive, not a solid state drive, okay. the, the, to get information, the write head has to actually travel around the hard drive. So it's going to take a lot longer if it has to go from sector one to sector oh, I 72. Think I think I'm getting. <laughs> so is this something to do with the cache too, like it remembering things, and you're making it harder for the computer to access information? So sort of, yeah. So the cache is is used mostly. That's more to do with like RAM, so stuff okay. that's used right right then. So your cache is usually cleared uh, when you reboot, but your like internet cache is or your browser cache would stick around. Um, that it comes back to like the cookies. Okay. So you really don't, the, the defrag isn't really talking about the cache, it's talking about the hard drive because right. it's the more, I guess, more deeply stored information. So when you, when you correct this by doing a defrag, what should you see for a difference? What will it do for you? What's the benefit of doing the defrag? Uh, s- speed up. It'll speed up the computer. using the, Especially, you'll probably notice it more for like applications that you use a lot because those applications are going to be storing files on all over the place on your hard drive. And so the defrag is going to bring those files together, and therefore that application will run quicker. I, I, I don't know at this point, because computers are so fast, I don't know if you're going to notice any big difference. But it's just, it keeps it, it 
keeps things cleaner. Well, it makes sense to have everything in one place yeah. anyway, organization-wise. So even for the computer, even though you won't physically see it doing that, I suppose if it's better for right. it. I'll, I'll give it a little treat <laughs> now and then and defragging. Defragging can take a long time, though. Yes. Yeah, it's talking hours. Yeah. Yeah. And also, it doesn't always provide you more space because I have... No. Yeah. I, I mean, so that's going to be like a defrag to try to get space in that. It doesn't do that. So the, the windows used to have, I don't know if it's, it should still be there, but there's also another utility called disk cleanup. And mm -hmm. what that will do is it'll, it'll delete like uh, setup files or cookies or temporary internet files, stuff like that. And that will get you more space. Right. Because for a while I was getting this nice little notice at home that said, you are working on very low space on <laughs> C. And I kept deleting pictures and all kinds of stuff, yeah. and it still wasn't giving me space. Yeah. So what can take up space and make us get that little notification that says you don't have enough disk space? What kind of stuff can clog up? Yeah, so updates, Windows updates, uh, definitely going to take up space. That's usually on your C drive, your operating system. Um, the applications, like the previous step, delete yes. unused app. So yes. if you have, uh, that's going to take up space there. Um, sometimes the pictures can be on like a different logical partition, which is kind of getting a little That's a little fancy. heavy. We'll come yes. visit you if we get, <laughs> we get that notification. We're running right down to the library. Um, but I did notice that when I was able to go into the apps, that some of the apps that my nieces and nephews were downloading for games loaded other stuff as well. Yeah. And that was the problem. Mm. That was the big space hog. It was that, you know, this one particular game also decided to install a bunch of other stuff with yeah. it. And so it took me quite a while yeah. to get all those apps out of there. So just tell your kids, I guess, to be careful when, of course, but when they're downloading stuff, it might not just be that one mm. app for that yeah. Granny Smith Apple game. It's got <laughs> other stuff attached to it, and that takes up the space, and it's yeah. a pain in the neck to get it all out, you know? A good example of that is Flash. So Flash is, you have to update your Flash um, because it blocks it by default because the big companies like uh, Microsoft and Google don't trust it anymore, and they want to move away from that internet language. Or, uh, yeah, internet language. And so when you update Flash, you have to make sure that you look at what's checked because um, Intel has like a true, I think it's called TrueKey, and then there's a McAfee add-on. Yes, TrueKey. Yeah. That was a nightmare to get yeah. rid of that. Just un so when you're installing yeah. something, just take a second and, and look around to see if it's it's going to it's gonna install something. Because it has to tell you. Right. Uh, toolbars on your browser are huge when you download something, and just make sure that you uncheck that. So when you're updating Flash right. or downloading that game, you're only doing that. Yeah, and in the interest of full disclosure, I can tell you that when I've tried to download stuff really fast or yeah. put on an app... I just click yes yeah. to all the sure. stuff. I sure. do. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me all that. Yeah, <laughs> I just want to run this one thing. And then when I'm done, I haven't realized that yeah. I've added nine or ten things in the background yeah. that later on I'm going to have mm -hmm. to go get. And it. so this is what this, this episode is all about, right? Too. Is So if you do end up doing that, and we're all going to do it, so during this cleanup process, this is when you figure out <laughs> what you downloaded that you didn't know because yeah. you'll be able to see most of that stuff in the add remove programs. Okay. And that is located if you go to the start. Is that yeah, it is? so it depends on it depends on the operating system. So if you're in Windows, you want to do Start, Control Panel, and then it'll be Add Remove Programs. Right. If you're in Windows 10, I recommend just doing the little search box where Katana is that white box. Just search for Add Remove Programs, and it'll bring it up because they, it's technically in Control Panel, but the path to get there they change. So, but luckily they insta they instituted that search. The, it's called it's Cortana. Right. Um, that search box like right it. on the <laughs> right I next to the start like menu. <laughs> I like the old-fashioned way. Sure. But whatever way works to get you. Yeah. There. Okay. And now my favorite. We yeah. saved the best for last. Changing passwords. Oh yeah. come on, really? So this is this isn't technically just your computer. This is more like the cloud. I mean, you could technically, if you want to, uh, if you have a password to get into your computer, this could fall under that umbrella. Okay. Um, but they, yeah, you have to you have to change them every now and then. It's tough, but it's the it's the most You're killing the me. most 
exploited vulnerability out there because people use password or one two three four five and just let it go. Uh, I'm, I'm it, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> mine are almost all the same on everything I use except yeah. I add a one or yeah. a two to. You know, I'm sure if somebody came and tied me to a chair, they'd be able to get get it out of me pretty fast, and then they could hack everything. But where do you keep your? This is the thing. Where yeah. do you keep your list of passwords? So, so yeah, uh, how are you supposed to remember? Everything requires a password. I can yeah. think of just right now ten different accounts yeah. that I have. So, do you keep a master list in a strong box locked up? There's different. You can't keep it yeah. written down because. Then people can get it, right? And so I mean, there think? is so there's different different uh, thoughts behind that. You can keep like a spreadsheet or, or just a word document locally stored, password protected. Yes. So you only have to remember that one. <laughs> so there's also browser <laughs> add-ons that this is actually what we use uh, at, at work because we have so many different. We're right. talking about dozens. Oh of Oh my accounts. gosh, I can't even imagine so, what you. No, have. what we use is the browser plugin. It's called LastPass, oh. and so you what you do is you add that plugin to Safari or Chrome or Firefox and. And what it does is it stores all your passwords in the browser encrypted. And so all you have to do is remember your last password. If you lose it, um, you have an option to like autofill so you don't even have to type your passwords, which can be dangerous. Yeah, um, but if you want to look that. at a way to store passwords, it's a pretty good option because it's, it's encrypted. Um, and But again, you still but have to remember one password. You said they can <laughs> hack everything. So eventually they'll, yeah. they'll get into that too. So one thing that I've noticed... Trending lately is past phrases versus passwords. I have been doing that. I use affirmations. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's it's interesting because it's a good way to do it. It increases it increases the the uh, the the strength of your password exponentially because you can you if the site allows spaces if it it allows enough characters to use it right. it's much more secure to have like three or four different words like a song lyric sure. or a nickname or right. something like that and that way it's easy to remember because it's personal to you right um, but it's hard to crack because of just the complexity of right. a phrase versus a word you know why I did that I did I'll give you an example of one I might use to be have a nice day do you know how yeah. often you type your password? password in so as an affirmation as a zen you thing oh, you're typing it in all day long yeah. i am beautiful i'm smart i'm great whatever <laughs> thing it is you're typing you're actually programming your brain to buy sure. into that that's yeah. why i did it that's that fantastic. way not for security so you can use it to make yourself feel better too and you know um i do have a long list of passwords that i keep but that kind of defeats the whole purpose of having a secret it's password tough. right I don't know. yeah there's no, there's no easy answer here. I mean, if you want to use it like on a piece of paper in your wallet or your purse or something, I mean, it's going to be safe. So what do you think about changing your passwords, how often you should do it? So I think the industry standards like every 90 days. Oh, <laughs> yeah, me. I know. But I would say at least uh, one, uh, at least once a year, try to, try to shoot for like twice a year. So I have like a spring cleanup wow. and a fall cleanup it, because the hackers are constantly try, are trying, constantly. I know. So, I mean, and they're succeeding, unfortunately. Yeah, right. Yeah. Do, you, do you really? I do. I do it, I do it really like twice do? a year. Yeah, it's one of the things I do. I do do, do do, mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> so you get your teeth cleaned twice yeah. a year yeah. and you change your <laughs> passwords change, yes. twice a year. Yep. Okay. What about um, asking the site to remember the password? I never do that, you know. I don't. So, I mean, I don't that's like an easy way to forget your password because you're not always typing it. No, oh, that's um, a good point, too. Because, like, on phone numbers, I don't know my friend's phone numbers because I just use my contacts yeah. and press it. Yeah. But forbid I should ever be somewhere and have to call someone. Yeah. I wouldn't know how to get to them. <laughs> Really, it's true. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you think people should not try to do that? You know? <sighs> no, it's not a good p- practice. I think that I mean, if it's your phone or something, something that just you have on it, so it's it's okay. But it's a vulnerability. It's it's definitely a risk. So, I guess the 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 right answer here is no. 
But the okay. the, rea- the, but the realistic answer yeah. is just make sure that you're the only one with access to that browser, or that computer, or that or that phone, or something like that. And if you're going to do it, it's okay. Because so, like, if you have like an iPad or something like that, people, you, it's okay to remember because people need to know your passcode to get into the iPad. So there's another level right. of security there. I'll tell you a little tricky story I had about <laughs> why I don't do that anymore. My Amazon Prime account is saved on my home computer with mm-hmm. its password in there. Well, somebody in the family went to order something and didn't change the password, and so their order got processed on my account, uh, paid for with my credit card, which is saved there. Not a problem because it's family. Right. But this is what can happen to you. If somebody else logs in and they don't check at the top to see yeah. if it's their actual account, it looks all copacetic to them. Yeah. That's why you don't want to do that. Right. Because people just access it and they don't always check. Yeah. It depends on how many people so, use that computer. So yeah. if you're gonna, Especially if it's at your office. Sure. Not a good idea. Yeah. All right. But we know it's a yes. real world. You can only do the best <laughs> you can. Yeah. So let's go over real quick what you think you should do for the fall cleanup. The yeah. four things we talked about. I think there were yeah. four. Maybe five. So you back up. If you don't already have an automated backup, go through and back up everything. If you're on your phone or, uh, or your tablet or something, check your cloud accounts. So go to Google Drive or go to iCloud. Make sure everything you think is backed up is backed up. So just right. check it out. Right. And you can either use a hard disk backup or mm-hmm. you can put it on a solid state drive, which is my yes. favorite thing. I like <laughs> external hard drives. I love them, actually, really. All right. And then the next thing would be to run a scan. Yep. So because you're And look at your scan protocol, too, to make sure mm-hmm. it's meeting your needs. Right. Yeah. So if you have a scan scheduled, that's time to check to make sure the scan is being is scheduled and running. Um, but you want to go down to your little system tray, find your uh, you find whatever antivirus program, and run a full system scan. And that way, any kind of those any of those cookies. Well, you know what we didn't talk by. about. Now that I'm thinking of it, we didn't talk about buying those programs that say they can clean your computer. Oh, never, never, never. You don't have really. to. I, I, mean, I see those no. on TV all the time. Oh, slow PC. There's scams out there, too. So I guess it's a good time to say if you ever get a pop-up saying, you know, you need to clean your computer, call this number. Don't call that number. Don't okay. call the number. Pretty obvious. <laughs> Just come down. But to it's see a reminder. Sometimes you need the reminder for sure. Go see Brad's library. He'll tell you if it's safe <laughs> or right. not. All right, and then delete unused apps. Pretty oh. basic, but make sure you really uninstall, yes. not just delete. Delete from the yeah. desktop, right? Make sure you take them away completely because <laughs> they still take up space. Defragging. Yeah. So yeah, running. It's like I think it's system tools or, or whatnot. You can always just search for it if you have yep. Windows 10. Make sure you have time. Long, mm. involved yes. process, yes. and then changing the passwords yep. every 90 days. That's. I'm sorry. That's just not going to happen. It's unrealistic, right? Not. Yeah, unrealistic. So I say if you can't do it every 90 days, make sure you do it tw- twice a year. Twice a year is good. Yeah. I think I can work mm-hmm. with that. And now it's time for your technology tidbit. Food for thought. So we've been talking a lot about the cloud, right? Um, <clears throat> so while the cloud is a huge buzzword in general these days, and cloud storage in particular, it's by no means a new technology. In fact, in 1983, CompuServe offered its cons- consumer users a small amount of disk space that could be used to store any files they chose to upload. So wow. cloud backup goes back, what, over 30 years now? Yeah. <laughs> wow, 1983. That was the year after I graduated. So it's been around a long time. So then I guess they've worked out all the bugs and it's yeah, really safe. Yeah, it's very mature technology. Until something goes wrong. Right. But, you know. All right, you guys, thank you so much for listening with us here on WCTV's Bridging the Digital Divide in partnership with Brad McKenna extraordinary technology Mm -hmm. guru at the library. He's going to tell you a little bit about the companion page that you can look at and when you can get more information from him because I'm sure we've barely scratched the surface on this 
fall cleanup, but we try to give you as much information as we can. So, Brad, tell them about how they can hook up with you. Yep. So if you go into go to Wilmington, wilmlibrary.org slash BDD, Bridging the Digital Divide, uh, there's the companion page. You can see all the previous episodes, the current episode. There's a contact form at the bottom. You can ask more questions. Or you can just email me at bmckenna at wilmlibrary.org. Great. And you can get a hold of me at L Kapala. That's L-K-A-P-A-L-A at wctv.org. Show ideas, suggestions, comments. Um, if you'd like to be a guest, if you're into technology or you you know, you know want to talk to us about that, we'd love to have you on board. So thanks again for listening. I guess, Brad, we're going to end episode number nine. We're almost at the Big Ten. Nice. Double digits. Amazing. <laughs> All right, so we'll be back with you guys soon. Thanks so much for listening, and we will be with you again very soon. 